Lester, the Nightfly. On the Pacific Radio Network. Also made available on PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. All hit radio. Every time you pick up the mic, you are broadcasting. Lester the Nightfly? Lester the Nightfly. I'm Lester the Nightfly. Lester the Nightfly. I'm Lester the Nightfly. Hello, Baton Rouge. Won't you turn your radio down? The Velt. I wish you'd look at the nursery. What's wrong with it? I don't know. Well, then... The nursery was silent. It was empty as a jungle glade on hot high noon. The walls were blank and two-dimensional. Now, as George and Lydia Hadley stood in the center of the room, the walls began to purr and recede into crystalline distance. It seemed, and, and presently an African veldt appeared in three dimensions, on all sides, in color, reproduced to the final pebble and bit of straw. The ceiling above them became a deep sky with a hot yellow sun. George Hadley felt the perspiration start on his brow.
Let's get out of this sun, he said. This is a little too real, but I don't see anything wrong. Wait, wait a moment, you'll see, said his wife. Now the hidden odorophonics were beginning to blow a wind of odor at the two people in the middle of the baked veldtland. The hot straw smell of lion grass, the cool green smell of the hidden waterhole, the great rusty smell of animals, the smell of dust like a red paprika in the hot air. And now the sounds, the thump of distant antelope feet on grassy sod, the papery rustlings of vultures, shadow passed through the sky. The shadow flickered on George Hadley's upturned, sweating face. Filthy creatures, he heard his wife say. The vultures. You see, th there are the lions, far over, that way. Now they're on their way to the watering hole. They've just been eating, said Lydia. I don't know what. Some animal... George Hadley put his hand up to shield off the burning light from his squinting eyes. Uh, a zebra or a baby giraffe, maybe. Are, are you sure? His wife sounded strangely tense. As technology increases our capability for understanding the brain, it's possible that one day we will discover the definitive reason for them. But until that time arrives, we'll just have to keep on dreaming. Keep on dreaming. Keep on dreaming.
the Nightfly. This is a presentation of The Velt by Ray Bradbury. It was written in 1950 and published in the Saturday Evening Post. It was then included in his anthology entitled The Illustrated Man. Let's get back to the presentation.
before Wendy and Peter were at a special plastic carnival across town and bad televised home to say they'd be late to go ahead eating. So George Hadley, bemused, sat watching the dining room table produce warm dishes of food from its mechanical interior. Oh, we forgot the ketchup, he said. Sorry, said a small voice within the table, and the ketchup appeared. As for the nursery, thought George Hadley, it won't hurt for the children to be locked out of it for a while. Too much of anything isn't good for anyone. And it was clearly indicated that the children had been spending a little too much time on Africa. That sun. He could feel it on his neck still, like a hot paw. And the lions, and and the smell of blood. Remarkable how the nursery caught the telepathic emanations of the children's minds and created life to fill their every desire. The children thought lions, and there were lions. The children thought zebras, and there were zebras. Sun, sun. Giraffes, giraffes. Death, and death.
Mom. Hello, Dad. The Hadleys turned. Wendy and Peter were coming in the front door, cheeks like peppermint candy, eyes like bright blue agate marbles, a smell of ozone on their jumpers from their trip in the helicopter. You're just in time for supper, said both parents. Oh, we're full of strawberry ice cream and hot dogs, said the children, holding hands. But we'll sit and watch. Yes, uh, come tell us about the nursery, said George Hadley. The brother and sister blinked at him and then at each other. Nursery? All about Africa and everything, said the father with false joviality. I don't understand, said Peter. Your mother and I were just traveling through Africa with Rod and Reel, Tom Swift and his electric lion, said George Hadley. There's no Africa in the nursery, said Peter simply. Oh, come now, Peter, we know better. I don't remember any Africa, said Peter to Wendy. Do you? No.
Imagine the room will like being turned off, said the father. Nothing ever likes to die, even a room. I wonder if it hates me for wanting to switch it off. Paranoia is thick around here today, said David McLean. You can follow it like a spore. Hello? He bent and picked up a bloody scarf. This yours? No. George Hadley's face was rigid. It belongs to Lydia. They went to the fuse box together and threw the switch that killed the nursery.
in hysterics. They screamed and pranced and threw things. They yelled and sobbed and swore and jumped at the furniture. You can't do that to the nursery. You can't. Now, children. The children flung themselves onto a couch, weeping. George, said Lydia Hadley, turn on the nursery just for a few moments. You can't be so abrupt. No, you can't be so cruel. Don't let them do it, wailed Peter at the ceiling, as if he was talking to the house, the nursery. Don't let father kill everything. He turned to his father. Oh, I hate you. Insults won't get you anywhere. I wish you were dead. Oh, George, said the wife. It can't hurt. All right, all right. If they'll just shut up. One minute, mind you. And then off forever. Daddy, 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 sang the children, smiling with wet faces. And then we're going on a vacation. Take away my crime from the from the lion. Savage jaws are the price we pay. Take away the lies, let me see with my own eyes. Walk along the narrow way. Your sword is no use when you're standing face to face Oh, what a waste Harvest the human race Your sword no use to you when standing face to face Face to face Hey, watch out You'll get pulled by the lion's mouth Hey, watch out You'll get pulled by the lion's
children calling, Daddy, Mommy, come quick, quick. They went downstairs and the air flew and ran down the hall. The children were nowhere in sight. Wendy, Peter. They ran into the nursery. The Veltland was empty, save for the lions waiting, looking at them. Peter, Wendy. The door slammed. Wendy, Peter. George Hadley and his wife whirled and ran back to the door. Open the door, cried George Hadley, trying the knob. Why? They've locked it from the outside. Peter. He beat the door. Open up. He heard Peter's voice outside against the door. Don't let them switch off the nursery in the house. He was saying, Mr. and Mrs. George Hadley beat at the door. Now, don't be ridiculous, children. It's time to go. Mr. McLean will be here in a minute and... And then they heard the sounds. The lions on three sides of them in the yellow velvet grass adding through the dry straw rumbling and roaring in their throats the lions Mr. Hadley looked at his wife and they turned and looked back at the beasts edging slowly forward crouching tails stiff Mr. and Mrs. Hadley screamed Suddenly they realized why those other screams had sounded familiar.
Well, here I am, said David McLean in the nursery doorway. Oh, hello. He stared at the two children, seated in the center of the open glade, eating a little picnic lunch. Beyond them was the waterhole and the yellow veldt land. Above was the hot sun. He began to perspire. Where are your father and mother? The children looked up and smiled. Oh, They'll be here directly. Good. We must get going. At a distance, Mr. McLean saw the lions fighting and clawing and then quieting down to feed and 
silence under the shady trees. He squinted at the lions with his hand tipped to his eyes. Now the lions were done feeding. They moved to the water hole to drink. A shadow flickered over Mr. McLean's hot face. Many shadows flickered. The vultures were dropping down the blazing sky. A cup of tea? Asked Wendy in the silence.
has been a PJ DJ production. Thank you.